Welcome to Insider Marketing. I'm Mark Thomas, Head of Growth here at Powered by Search. And each week, we'll be breaking down a SaaS company's marketing, giving ideas about how we would improve the strategy to get more trials, demos, and revenue using demand gen, SEO, and paid media. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Insider Marketing. Uh, I'm Mark Thomas, and I'm part of the team here at Powered by Search. And each week, we sit down together and we come up with ideas for how a SaaS company could grow its marketing through SEO, PPC, and demand gen. Today, I'm joined by Nam. Nam, how's it going? Great, man. How's it going? Yeah, yeah. I'm feeling good. Thanks. All right. Well, do you want to just say a little bit here about what you do at Powered by Search? Yeah, sure. Um, I'm the senior SEO strategist at Powered by Search for around two years now. I do have a lot of experience working with clients in several industry like project management, job management, and field service management. So I'm really excited to be here and talk to you more about, you know, how we can help um, job nimbus, right? That's right. That's right. Nam, you, you stole my cue there. So that's great. <laughs> yeah. So as Nam said, today we're going to be talking about job nimbus. And to give everyone a little bit of context about the company, here's a little segment that I prepared earlier. Now, before we dive into the episode, I want to give you some context around job nimbus. Job Nimbus is a contractor job management tool for the construction industry. They basically help contractors stay organized and streamline their processes throughout their work. They were founded in 2011 in Utah. Like the majority of companies we're going to talk about on Insider Marketing, we don't have conversion or revenue data, so we have to make some inferences. Our bet is that they're doing around $25 million ARR with a marketing team of six, a sales team of about 28, and a little under 140 people overall. And we're gonna share some strategy ideas for demand gen and SEO with Nam Tran from the team here at Powered by Search. Let's dive in. So that's a little bit about Job Nimbus and I'm pretty pumped to talk about this. I've been looking at their website for a long time now, so uh, I'm looking forward to it. Nam, I'd love though to start off with SEO. We always talk about demand gen first, so let's uh, let's kick the habit and start with SEO. What are you seeing, and what do you think are the biggest opportunities? Yeah, so like in terms of how is the company doing well in search at the moment, I can see that they do generate a lot of traffic from bottom funnel keywords like roofing software, restoration software, or job management software, which is great, right? And the second thing I can see is that they do have a really stable link velocity acquisition, which is really great for authority building. So it looks like they're doing a lot of things right then. Do you think some of this stuff, is this all intentional that they've gone for bottom of funnel keywords, would you say? Yeah, I think they do have a right approach when it comes to targeting intent, right? The problem with a lot of SaaS companies is that sometimes they head for volume first instead but for this company they do really put a lot of effort in ranking for those terms and as you can see if if you take a look at the link acquisition that link acquisition plan most of the links targeting either the software pages or the home page is that would you say that's a pretty normal approach for a SaaS company to be targeting those pages with link building yep yep i think that's a pretty um, normal approach right and i would recommend that approach as well because like as soon as you can um, rank for those bottom funnel keywords uh, you can generate really high intent traffic that converts to demos right away which is great right yeah for sure and just to kind of dive in with a little bit more detail there about 
about what we're talking about with high intent. If you're unfamiliar with how SaaS companies usually do this, SaaS companies will often target things like what is roofing software. Variations of that term are the sort of things that most people will recommend. So most agencies will recommend that approach because it means that they'll get a lot of people onto the website. If you can rank for a term like what is roofing software, you're going to get high volume. On the other hand, the downside of that is that people who are looking for what is roofing software could be literally looking for anything related to roofs. They could be looking for like software that helps them monitor the quality of their roofs. They could be looking for software that helps them plan the build of a roof. But what Job Nimbus is doing is they're targeting bottom of funnel keywords, which things like specifically roofing software or roofing job management software, that kind of stuff, because they are associated with a high intent. And ultimately, that means that somebody who's already looking for that stuff, they're looking at comparing things or they're looking to buy something right there in there. That's a fair summary. Yeah, yeah. I think that's a really fair summary. Yeah. Cheers, man. Cheers. Appreciate it. (laughs) All right. So look, so it seems like they're probably doing pretty well in search at the moment for a number of things, right? But what could they be doing differently? How could they improve their approach? So adding to your point about intent, right? Although they're doing really well in terms of targeting high intent bottom funnel keywords, there are some areas of improvement for their blog post. Speaking of like targeting high volume, if you take a look at the uh, traffic that they're generating for, to their blog post at the moment, mostly they are from keywords that are not clear intent. Like for example, um, roofing memes, roofing concerts. So why this keyword really attract roofers, right? They don't really attract the type of personnel that they might want to attract. So for example, like the thing with job management companies is that they want to attract service manager or business owner, right? So most of them, they're not going to look for roofing memes, right? They're going to look for pain point to solve, right? For example, like how to stop using paper-based system, how to stop heading in different direction when it comes to project management for roofing companies, something like that. So uh, one thing they could do to take the company to the next level is to build pain point content. Uh, For example, like how to content or compare to comparison pages or alternative to pages. So I think that's one of the way that they can take it to the next level for their top performance. That's amazing. In in the research, speaking of memes, memes, whichever one it actually is, there's a top keyword that they're ranking for. They're getting about 400 visits a month by the looks of it from the keyword fat baby because they have a blog post about losing baby fat, which I assume is like some sort of kind of title that they've put on about how they're growing as a company because the following bit says growing job numbers. But they're actually ranking for the term fat baby, which... Frankly, it amazes me that there's 27,000 searches for that a month, which is amazing. So, you know. They're number one for that as well. (laughs) Apparently, they're looking for the uh, people are looking for the picture on that, which is pretty wild. All right. So, yeah, you were talking about competitor comparison pages and alternative two pages. Can you dive in a little bit more about kind of the what is missing and what what they should be doing? I mentioned like there are three main point, um, three main types of pain point content that they can, they can build. The first is how to content. So for how to content, what they can do is that they can use the voice of customer data that they got from the sales team, and then build content around how the product 
can solve that certain pain point and what they can do next is that they can either rank in search or they can use that to run paid ads to you know discover more about the pain points that's the first part how to content the second type is competitor comparison pages so what they could do is that they look for their direct competitors first of all and then they do like a 1v1 so basically for example if the competitor for example is maybe service titan for example a service titan versus job nimbus right or something else like simpro versus job nimbus something like that and if there's no such demand for those 1v1v1 they can go with an indirect approach which is 1v1v1 so basically they're gonna they can pick it back on on two bigger brands that have such volumes and then they can build comparison pages around that so the main goal of the comparison page is that you're going to position your company as the better option versus the other one and as soon as you can dominate the that ranking right you control the narrative the story which is really vital when it comes to setting yourself apart from your competitor and the third one is alternative to pages so basically what they can do is that they can plug the competitors to any keyword research tool and then search for variants that go with the alternative to keywords and basically the main goal here is that you're going to attract people who is looking for an alternative solution uh, which means that they are at the, the stage where they're ready to buy already, right? So it's really easy to convert those customers. Smart. And on those pages, how would you recommend that they actually get people to convert? So thinking about like a how-to page. How-to page, first of all, they might need to, you don't want to be really salesy. You don't want to be pushy right away. You need to position yourself as more like educator, right? You give them a summary of what the problems looks like, what the impacts of the problems if the problems are not being solved and then you position your solution that ties to the tips on how to solve that so it's a little bit like an elegant way to slip yourself in and then let them know that okay uh, we are tied to the helpful tips here and we can help you right so that's for the uh, how-to content for the comparison pages of course like you need to acknowledge the competitor that the competitor is doing good but we can do better so that the searchers who land on the page, they wouldn't feel that they're being sold to. Yeah, I think those are the two main tips I can give you. Yeah, those are strong tips. While we often say, hey, here's what the job numbers, for example, have been doing well, and here's how we do it better, a key element that makes that possible is understanding specifically why customers might choose job numbers versus another competitor because their positioning is very important when we when we think about this we need to know exactly why they do a better job versus like hey we are cheaper or whatever it is because a lot of the time we see people just go with general value propositions that they think hey people buy us because of this the reality is that people usually buy a product to solve a specific pain point and if they find a better one that's more suited to their specific needs they go by that instead. So there's no problem sending bad fit customers to a competitor. That's okay because the customers that you actually get with these pages that are really informative will stay. So yeah. Do we want to talk a little bit about technical opportunities? Yeah. So in terms of technical SEO, they do have a lot of thin pages that are being indexed in Google at the moment. So if you do a quick search operator like site and then the website and then you include tag pages or category pages you can find around 400 tag pages and around 30 block category pages that are being indexed 
and most of them are really low in word counts and what happened here is that it results in crawl budget being wasted right so what I would recommend for them to take things to the next level is to know index them or maybe do a full content audit of the whole site that syncs data from Google Analytics uh, Google Search Console, href, do a full content audit and then decide whether or not to de-index stuff or consolidate stuff right so that they can give Google a signal on which pages they should index instead of like index everything and then you just waste the crawl budget. Do you find that that kind of as well as wasting the crawl budget also you sometimes cannibalize stuff so particularly with category pages I guess? Oh exactly right keyword cannibalization is a really major problem with a lot of companies that build a lot of their strategy around volume so what happens is that they target the certain keyword and then they also have a category page that ranking for the keyword as well and then as a result Google just doesn't know which page they should prioritize first right so talking about keywords what do you see as the big keyword opportunities here so Notice one big opportunity, which is like a, more like an add-on to the bottom funnel keyword opportunities that or they're already ranking for. So first of all, they're already ranking for roofing software or construction software, restoration software, which is great. But they can take everything to the next level if they start ranking for keywords that are more roundup style. So for example, like best roofing software or best construction software or best restoration software. If you take a, at the volume, most of them are around more than 100 estimate volume and basically they can build roundup pages that target those key terms. I think that's some opportunities and it's quite scalable as well because if you take a look at the site, beside those three, you know, main software keywords, you can you can see that there are solo software as well. And so basically you can every single bottom funnel keyword you can add like a best before that and then it's gonna show another a whole new strategy of content uh, ideas that you can start building toward, right? Yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, you mentioned their website there. They've they've got a page for pretty much everything you can imagine uh, in terms of categories. So they've got uh, they've got an industries tab on their their nav bar, and it basically is roofing, software construction, software restoration. There's a page below each one of those. So by taking this stuff and saying, well, okay, we've got this. We're ranking for these things already. Why don't we also rank for the associated terms like? roundup posts basically that's the strategy yeah and, and and for commercial terms like this i noticed that there's a trend google seems to prefer roundup blog posts for those terms that are related to best right because they they want to attract a customer who try to discover different options so google doesn't really want to show only one option for those key terms like best roofing software because like you're going to dominate the whole niche if they so they would don't want that they want like they want a type of blog post that contains a lot of you know options at the same time and that's the opportunity for job numbers to create the content yeah what would you recommend they put on a page like that so a concern that i've heard a lot of people have is hey we want to sell our product we don't want to tell people about 20 other products like how would you approach that again it requires a little bit of um, not being too pushy as well we need to present all of the information of the competitors as well but of course like you you might need to be a bit biased in your approach for example you can position yourself as the first one in the list 
right? Because the most most of the time the the user they they only vis they only scroll to like half of the site and they start escape. So it's really good if you can position positions yourself first. And then in terms of the pros and cons for each competitor, maybe for a section, you, you should like focus on the key differentiators against the competitors. And of course, like you can mention the competitors as well, but just like present all of the current facts and all of the current downsides of using a competitor and that let the customer make the decision themselves. Because if our product is truly good, right, we can confident that the, the customer gonna always go for us. But of course, like if they, if they read the post and then they decide to, okay, we're going to go with the other competitor, then there might be a problem with our positioning, right? There might be a problem with our feature set. So it's something to do with our product itself that we might need to improve, right? Because like if we're confident, then no matter what, we can always attract the customer, right? But yeah. Yeah, and for sure. I mean, and as well, you know, I was, I was saying earlier about the competitor pages and about how sometimes it's actually a good thing to send a customer off into a competitor's website because... SaaS businesses are built not just on acquisition, but also on retention. So the business model works when you retain revenue over a number of years. Now, with a product like this, that's even more the case because once somebody puts their whole business onto your platform, you're going to retain them for a while. Now, if you're thinking about roundup posts here, I guess one one consideration is like we actually do want only the people who are really going to stick around because that allows us to forecast things in the in the growth of the business. Like if we know that we're getting good fit customers who are going to stick around for say three years before they look at a different solution, like we can forecast the amount that we're allowed to, uh, we can permissibly spend to acquire those customers uh, in future. That's a really strong thing. So there's, my view is that there's never any reason to be genuinely kind of panicky about sending off customers to a competitor because the people who pick those competitors are usually bad fit prospects and they're going to churn after year one anyway so they're unprofitable for you in the long term most of the time that's definitely how i've always thought about it okay so a quick uh, last thing here is do you want to talk about the buyer awareness matrix before we move on to demand gen at all yeah sure so I think one thing they can take to the next level for the content strategy is to use the buyer awareness metrics. So basically, you're going to build content around solution-aware content first, and then product-aware content, problem-aware content, and then unaware content. And of course, like you can read more about the buyer awareness metrics from our Power by Search blog post. It details everything that you need to know about how to build this type of content, what type of content that you can build. Yeah. I'll be sure to put a link to that in the show notes for this episode. Nan, thanks. I'm just going to move on to uh, demand gen here. So demand gen covers a load of things. Usually we talk about positioning, but I already feel like you've done, like Job Nimbus has probably done a pretty good job because they've grown to a certain size already. That being said, there are some opportunities here. So the reason I'm saying this is the site on the homepage alone uses the word best seven times. So I'm guessing that's because somebody wrote this page to try to rank for terms like best project management software. So they've put best in all of the titles or or many of the titles. Now, I understand why people do this, but it actually obscures their value proposition because they're so focused on including best in titles. And and we know that people, not just Google, but also humans will look at a title and, and make a choice about whether it's relevant to them. 
they end up not actually explaining why a person would buy the product. Now, what is it, is the question that I have, about job Nimbus that is meaningfully better than other solutions that their customers might use? And thinking about solutions in the broadest term here is probably useful. So, for example, direct competitors might be other project management services, so other SaaS products. So an example here is that Acculinx is a niche product in the roofing software job management industry. They are meaningfully better than a generic CRM because they integrate with roofing tools like EagleView and SkyMeasure, which apparently are roof measuring tools, which I've never heard of, but I assume they're a big deal for roofing uh, roofing industry. But then you've got like non-direct competitors. So a big part of the of the job Nimbus product is a Kanban board. So tools like Trello immediately jump out for people when they think about a Kanban board and they see a Kanban board. Now there's no obvious reason currently from the website why one of job, job Nimbus's prospects wouldn't think I could do this for free with Trello right now. Now, because we've done the research here, we know that there are actually many ways that they could explain this. So for example, you could say, well, Trello doesn't have quote building in app. Trello doesn't have contract signing in the app either. But the landing page's copy doesn't do that very clearly already. That is a problem. So how I would think about this differently is I would look at the video on the uh, Job Nimbus homepage. Now, I watched that video a couple of times, and I actually think the video does a significantly better job than the landing page copy at explaining what Job Nimbus does. So there's a bit of a story. There's a bit of kind of, here's why we're passionate about this. Here's some of the results that we've got. But then they also talk about they paint the kind of the life after using job numbers really clearly. They're like, hey, you could grow this much because you go to a client's house, you've got your all of their details on your iPad in your hand, you're able to build a quote with them right there and then, and you're able to get them to sign it off. Now, if I'm a contractor, that's a pretty compelling value proposition versus other tools in this industry. But I don't think that they actually pull a lot of that strong value proposition and strong positioning into their copy. And that's a big area of improvement. And then the other thing that I'm going to say here is that it's around the pricing. So the CTA is pretty unclear, the call to action. There's a 14 day free trial, but there's no pricing mentioned at all. Now, job numbers say that you can get a quote pretty easily. But what happens there is that people look at that and they go, oh, this looks like a great product because, you know, it clearly is, but there's no, there's not even a ballpark figure for pricing, which must make mean that it's really, really expensive and thus prohibitive to me because I'm a small contractor. Now, that might not be the case, but that's how prospects see it sometimes. And they might go, I'm busy. I don't want to fill out a request form for a quote because that only means I'm going to end up in a sales process. And I don't have time for that because I'm growing my business. A way that you can counter this is by, you don't have to mention the pricing exactly. So you don't have to say it's this much, it's this much, or it's this much, the three packages that we have. What you could do instead is you could give a low anchor point. So our pricing starts from this. And then you could say, most people are at a pricing around this figure. And then you could also say, basically, there is a package for everyone. So find out, like book a demo or have a sales call versus having kind of this conflicted 14-day free trial versus like 
um, the get a pricing. And that would allow you to be able to make the promise that you could find out whether it's for you or not without having somebody go, I could just go and sign up for HubSpot or whatever, or I could sign up for Trello, or I could do this on paper. I think those are big opportunities. So now uh, we're just going to go for the last couple of minutes here into a quick fire round where we come up with some ideas that are maybe a little bit different to what we've already talked about, where we would try to grow the company. And there are some good opportunities here, hopefully. Nam, let's get started with your your recommendation here. Yeah, so um, I think there are two things that they can do right away. The first thing is that they can add a key takeaway section to each of the blog posts. So this is an opportunity for them to increase the word count of the blog post and the topic coverage for the pages. So that's the first. And the second thing is that they can improve the internal linking structure between the software pages. So what happened at the moment is that they do build a lot of links to separate pages, right? But with a stable and really a link internal link structure between the software pages and the home page, they can spread the link architecture out and help the other pages rank as well. Nice, I like it. There's a couple of things here that I'll say. So the first thing is I noticed that they link out to an overhead cost calculator in one of their blog posts. My opinion is that they should build that stuff for themselves. If that's going to be something that your prospects might be interested in doing, which clearly is if you've included it in a blog post, you should always consider whether you want to build something like that on your own site. Now, for Job Nimbus, Overhead Cost Calculator is a great example, but there are lots of other things, maybe micro functions of your of Job Nimbus's tool that would allow them to to kind of build these quick things and use them as demand gen tools. They also have an audio file on one of their PPC landing pages with a customer actually explaining why Job Nimbus is superior. Now, I would take that and I would recommend that they try running Facebook ads with basically attaching that to a video. Even a static image with a audio in the background works. We actually have one of these and it performed really well historically. So definitely an opportunity there. The other thing is they're also investing in social media pretty heavily and producing a lot of content for YouTube, which is really cool and something we don't often see in B2B SaaS. So I'd consider using a repurposing service like Procket. That's useprocket.com, P-R-O-C-K-E-T.com to get more from those videos they're creating. And what happens there is you upload your video and then Procket will take that video and they'll repurpose it into a bunch of different formats. So some will be video, some might be text, some might be images, and then they'll give you a recommendation of how to use each one of those along with the actual asset to put onto social media. And that will increase your distribution and your brand brand presence. So those are the things that I would recommend. Nam, it's been great having you on. Thank you for all your insights. Uh, we'd love to have you back again sometime. Yeah, sure, man. It was really fun. All right. We'll see you soon. Take care. Well, that's it for today. But friend, it doesn't have to end here. Because if you want to do something about your SaaS marketing, you should go to our website. We have heaps of in-depth blog posts, podcasts, and other resources about how to grow your demos, free trials, and signups with DemandGen SEO or PPC. Now, if you want us to help you with that, you can book a SaaS scale session by clicking on the work with us button in the nav bar. Or you can follow me on Twitter at I am Mark Thomas, that's Mark with a C, or follow our founder, Dev Basu, that's D-E-V-B-A-S-U. I'll see you next time for another episode of Insider Marketing.